A young couple talks about their plans. They have it all worked out. First, they're going to save some money. Then they're going to buy a house. Then they're going to get a dog. And then, after they're financially secure and their bank account is full, they're going to start a family. That's their plan. A college senior shares her plan. I'm going to graduate with a great job. I'm going to rise up the corporate ladder. I'm going to get my MBA on the corporate's dime by the time I'm 30. By the time I'm 35, I'm going to run my own division. That's my plan. Some empty nesters come up with their own plan. We will downsize. We will scrimp and save our money. Then we'll retire early. We'll get that cabin in the hill country. And surely our grandchildren will come and spend every summer with us. That's our plan. A Presbyterian church votes to call a new senior pastor. They plan for a long tenure of leadership, a tenure that's going to double their worship attendance. It's going to raise the operating budget by 25%. And oh, of course, it's going to bring all kinds of young people just flooding back to the church, right? That's the plan. What is it about us as human beings? We just love a good plan, don't we? This last week at Vacation Bible School, I was with a group of four-year-olds. They had some free time toward the end of Vacation Bible School. They're standing there together, and this one little girl has a bright idea. She pops up and goes, oh, I know what to do. I'll be the mommy. And then she points to a little boy next to her, and you'll be the daddy. And then she points to the other children and said, and you'll be our children. Let's go shopping. <laughs> the funny thing is, the other kids looked at each other kind of like, well, does anyone have a better idea? And they didn't, so they followed her out. It starts young, this penchant for plans. And just like those children, when we don't have a plan, what do we do? We find someone who does. Jesus knew this about us. Jesus knew that having a plan and being with people who have a plan, it makes us feel secure. Jesus knew that we make plans and we put power and we put credence in our plans. But friends, Jesus also knew something else, that God has plans, right? Yes, our God has a plan, and God's plan, which Jesus often called the kingdom of God, God's kingdom, God's advent in our lives, it trumps any human plan, no matter how brilliant or powerful or good. So in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus puts before the gathered crowds parables. And these parables are to highlight the difference between our plans and God's plan. These parables are to examine the nature and the shape of God's kingdom. And these parables are to help hearers understand God's activity in their lives and in their world. And so he tells this little parable 
The kingdom of God, he says, is as if, is as if someone goes out and scatters seed on the ground. And then that someone goes to sleep and gets up, goes to sleep and gets up night and day, week in, week out, and the seed starts to sprout and grow. But as Jesus said, he does not know how. Doesn't know how it happens. The kingdom of God, God's movement and activity, God's salvation and reign, God's plan for you and for me, for the church, for the world, hidden. That's what Jesus teaches, hidden. As surely as a seed lies hidden in the ground. It grows, it sprouts, it produces in ways we don't know. We can't understand. We can't see. The kingdom of God, hidden in our hearts, in our hands, in the church, in the mind of God, hidden in what we think we know, hidden in what we think we see, hidden in what looks like our plan, and then suddenly, subversively, without our help or effort, it grows in the most unexpected ways, and it disrupts our own best laid plans. That young couple finds a baby coming way before the house, or the dog, or the bank account. That, that was a great sound effect, wasn't it? <laughs> it was just perfect. It was perfect. That college student haphazardly signs up for a mission trip to Haiti the spring break of her senior year. And she comes home with absolutely no interest in a high-powered corporate job. Those empty nesters hear a presentation about a family of children that need foster care. And before they know it, their hearts are breaking and they know, they know they have to do something. And that church, that Presbyterian church with that wonderful plan, well, it's had four senior pastors in less than 10 years. What kind of a break and plan is that, right? Friends, here we touch one of the great mysteries of faith. The truth of this small parable remains as mysterious today as it did in Jesus' day. God is at work, Jesus says. God acts, Jesus says. God moves and God loves and God creates in very small and imperceptible ways in God's time even when our human eyes and hearts fail to perceive it happening. And just as seeds grow in a field, God quietly and consistently and covertly puts God's plan into place, allowing you and me, allowing our world and our families, our church to be redeemed and transformed. And that's good news, right? Right? Right. Something we would always rejoice over and welcome, right? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe if we can let go of our plans, our own ideas of how things should happen. In the Gospels, as I read, it becomes very clear to me that Jesus knew not everyone would welcome the invasive and surprising activity of God. Not everyone would watch and wait 
for God's kingdom to come. Remember the rich man in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18 who came to Jesus asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to be part of your kingdom? The Gospels tell us he walked away from Jesus. He walked away from the intrusion upon his life when Jesus suggests that he sell everything for the sake of that kingdom. To give up what he could see and count upon, what he knew and understood, to wait and watch for God's kingdom as a Jesus follower, it was too much. Remember Nicodemus in the Gospel of John, the third chapter, who came to Jesus by night asking about God's kingdom. He walked away from Jesus as well. He walked away bewildered at the idea that God could take an old Pharisee like himself and make him into a spiritual newborn, be born again, start over, give up what he had learned of righteousness and the law to wait and to watch for a new thing that God's spirit might be doing in Jesus. It was too much. And then there was Peter. Peter, the morning of the crucifixion. Don't forget that he also walked away from Jesus that morning. He walked away with bitter tears because he knew, he just knew that God's work in Jesus Christ was finished. That the plan, his plan, the plan for salvation, it was undone forever. It was too much. Poor Peter. Finally, there was nothing left to do for Peter but to wait and to watch. To wait and to watch for God to act, for God to redeem, for God to resurrect. And thanks be to God, that's exactly what God did. And God did it in God's time, in God's way. Without our help and understanding, God's activity rushed into our world, our fallen, sinful world, and made a way for us to eternal life without knowing how resurrection took place. And friends, it still does. God's hidden work still transforms and unfolds in our lives and in our world, and it happens all the time. That young couple, they're now in their 50s, and they often laugh at the plans they made when they were newlyweds. Yes, they struggled those first 10 years, having babies so early. But when they tell their story, they clearly see God's hand in the midst of that struggle, leading them to become the adults, the parents, the family that God intended. They don't view their plan as broken. They see it as redeemed. And that college student, she's also now in her 50s. She works for the Red Cross today. She never lost her ambition and drive. She continues to set high standards and goals for herself. But her plan, that plan from her college days, it never materialized. And she looks back on that trip to Haiti over 25 years ago. And as she tells her story, she says, that's when God transformed my heart. 
She goes back to Haiti every year on the anniversary of that trip. She didn't even miss the earthquake year. She goes back every year to give thanks for what God did for her. Those empty nesters, well, they never downsized <laughs> and they haven't retired. <laughs> they have a house full of little girls. I mean full of little girls, pink ribbons, ballet shoes, the whole nine yards. And when they think of that cabin in the hill country now, it's just with a faint smile and a prayer of thanksgiving that God's plan created such a precious life, a life that they never, never imagined. And then there's that Presbyterian church. You know, that church with the big plans, that church that's just been planting seeds for 50 years, so many good seeds, used to such great harvest, that church, well, I wonder, I wonder, you see that church's story is still unfolding. And that church today is learning the holy work of waiting and watching. May we learn this lesson well, to wait and to watch, because I believe God's redeeming, transforming kingdom is at work in hidden and precious ways in that church as well. I believe God is creating something of that church that is greater and more perfect than the leaders of that church could have fathomed 10 years ago when this journey began. I believe that God's activity and growth is transforming and redeeming that original plan. Don't you? Don't you? And I can't wait. I can't wait to see what God has in store for that church. Friends, we love a plan. We love people with a plan. We will always make plans as we strive to be faithful stewards, as we strive to be responsible parents, responsible community members, as we strive to move forward and accomplish things. We will continue to plan. But Jesus' parable reminds us that God's plan unfolds in us and around us as well. Jesus' parable reminds us that the holy work, which is our calling to wait and watch for the hidden and invasive and surprising activity of God. Friends, I know it's difficult to live without a plan. And I know that to watch plans fade away is hard. And God knows that. It's difficult to have plans interrupted by tragedy, by random events like job loss or illness or broken relationships. God knows that. And it's hard to wait upon hidden plans and the quiet, slow work of God's kingdom. God knows that. But watch, says Jesus. Wait, says Jesus. The precious redeeming work of God is in our midst. May God grant us the eyes to see and the hearts to understand. Please pray with me. God of our Savior Jesus and of resurrection power, thank you for your plans. 
Plans that the prophet Jeremiah reminds us are for our welfare and not for harm. Plans for a future with hope. Today, with all your children, we claim that promise. Teach us to watch. Teach us to wait. Teach us to trust. In Jesus' name, amen.